Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Take everything to God in prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. That's Philippians 4, 6, and through 8. And so today we're going to be back in John chapter 5, and we're actually going to finish up what we started about three or four weeks ago, I guess. We're going to be in verse 40 today, finish up that section through about verse 47. John chapter 5, verse 40, we've been talking about in this section how Jesus is God and we talked about the five witnesses that that Jesus said that He could bear witness of Himself, but uh, in a court of law that wasn't legally admissible. But uh, the Jews didn't want to hear his testimony anyway. Then we talked about how John the Baptist witnessed to him. And he bore witness and he gave testimony. And uh, they received John for a little while. But after they got tired of John and realized that John wasn't going to bow to their religion but was teaching the truth out of the Bible, they didn't want nothing to do with John. They liked the light, but they didn't like the heat. It says that he was a burning and a shining lamp. That they liked the light, but they didn't. They didn't. When they felt the heat of the words of God, they didn't. They took off. And then he talked about the testimony of the Father, how the Father is testified of Jesus in many ways, and many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He is testified of him. Then we talked about how the Scriptures testify that Jesus is coming and he is here, has been here. But the Old Testament, everywhere you look, all the way through the beginning of Genesis, all the way back in Genesis 3, talks about that Jesus would come, that he would crush the, the head of the serpent. The serpent would bruise his heel, but he would crush the head of the serpent. And that was fulfilled when he died on that cross and he rose again. And one day he's going to fully and finally be crushed, that old serpent, the devil, which is called Satan. And today we want to talk about the last part, verse 40 through 47. He says, let's back up to verse 39. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another one comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another 
and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. If, for if you believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So as we get to this last section of Scripture, he's talking about, he finishes up saying, you search the Scriptures. In other words, all the time you're spending all your time in the Scriptures. You know how many letters are on the page. You know all, you've memorized the first five books of the Bible. But yet, he says, they testify me, but you're not willing to come to me that you might have life. And then he goes into the next section where he starts talking about the honor. And then he says, I do not receive honor from men, but I do, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. So he says, I don't receive honor from men. You know, he received the testimony of John as we were talking about back in chapter 4. When he comes to chapter 4, he says, in the beginning of that, he says he, he came into his own country and he said that a prophet did not have honor in his own country, right? And over and over and over again, the people didn't honor him. They didn't look to him because they would say, oh, this is just Jesus. Isn't he the son of a carpenter? Didn't, wasn't he born in Galilee? One of the disciples said, can any good thing come out of Galilee? Here he is, God born in human flesh, and they won't honor him because they're too familiar with him. They only want him for his miracles. They only want him for his signs. They, they want to be able to rub the bottle and say, hey, you know, heal me, feed me, clothe me, cleanse me, whatever it is. And you know, so many people today want that kind of God. They want a God that's there for them when they have a need, but the rest of the time, they don't care whether God's around. You know, they talk about jailhouse religion and foxhole religion. If you're in the middle of a, a battle that, that people want to know the Lord and they, oh Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you. And then blah, blah, blah. And then they get out of the trouble or they get out of trouble and then, you know, whatever trouble it is. And then what they do, they forget about God. But see, God wants us to honor Him for who He is. See, God is good all the time, isn't He? God is good whether He takes, whether we're sick or whether we're healthy. God is good whether we're poor or whether we're rich. God is good all the time. Because see, God, because He's God and He's so holy and righteous and pure, the first time we sin, He should and ought to have wiped us off and wiped us out and sent us to hell. But He didn't because He's merciful and gracious and long-suffering. But but back over here in John chapter 5, verse 41, He says, I don't receive honor from men. Because, see, He doesn't need our honor and He doesn't get it, the kind of honor He's looking for. But see, you know what's amazing? He says, these folks here, He says, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. Why did they not have the love of God in them? He knew they didn't have the love of God in him because first of all, they didn't receive him. See, 
the Bible tells us that those that know the Father will receive the Son. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 4. He says, if anyone will deny, denies that Jesus is the Christ, these people are of the Antichrist. They're of the devil. But he says, those that believe Jesus is the Christ and that He has come in flesh, they are of God. And they have the love of God in them. Because the people that love God love other people. They love God. They love Jesus. And they do what God wants them to do. But, but here these people, who's he talking to? The Pharisees, right? And he's talking to them and he, and he knows that all they care about is themselves. See, so many people today go to church like these Pharisees did. They didn't go to church, but they went to the synagogue or the temple. And, and what they do is they go to make themselves look good. They go because they, they come and they dress up nice and they look good and they talk right and they act right. And everybody goes, oh, look at so-and-so. He's such a, or she's such a wonderful, godly person. They're here every Sunday. They're here doing this and that. They pray and they do this, that, and the other. But that's not what pleases God. What pleases God is asking God to forgive you and save you and then being humble. The Bible says over in Proverbs that, that there's six things that God hates Yea, seven, and, and the one thing that he hates that's at the top of the list is pride. He said, pride comes before a fall. He says, if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, at the proper time, God will exalt you. See, we, we humble ourselves and we let Him do it. But what do most people do today? They, they exalt themselves, right? Look what he says. He says, I have come in my Father's name, verse 43, and you do not receive me. If another one comes in his own name, him you will receive. They love people that come in their own name. I mean, today we are so enamored with personalities, with people, with, you know, status and symbols and you ride around town and, you know, everybody's got the nicest and latest, greatest car. They've got the latest and greatest cell phones and the latest, greatest everything. Today, even pastors, unfortunately, most of them, all they do is exalt themselves. It's like their way or the highway. And if you don't like their way, then they tell you just go find another church. And I know some of y'all have been through that. The Bible tells us that we need to look to God and trust Him and when we look to Him and trust Him, that God's going to honor us. God's going to take care of us. But today, so many people want people to look at them and say, look who this person is. Look how great they are. Isn't that what all the sports and all the baseball players and all the football and basketball and all the music industry today... It's all built on, look at me, look at who I am, look what I've done. But they all forget one thing. God gave them that ability to sing. God gave them that ability to stuff that basketball. God gave them that ability to hit it, to catch it, to throw it, to whatever it is that they can do. God gave them that ability. Whatever gifts and abilities we have, and God gave them to us, right? But today we're such a society 
such a society that, that looks to, to people who honor themselves. And if the people have the money, they have the prestige, and they go around and strut like a bunch of, you know, chicken roosters, then guess what? People say, man, look at that guy over there. But, but we don't like the people, it seems like, the people who are humble. But God says if you're humble, He will lift you up. He will take care of you. He will, he will work in your life. Unfortunately, we seem to like those people who lift, them on, lift their own selves up and those people who honor them own selves. And what Jesus says, look, I came in my Father's name. I came to glorify my Father and you won't receive me. But if another one comes in his own name, strutting around saying, look at me, look who I am, yeah, yeah, yeah then him you're going to receive. And guess what? They did. They received a bunch of people. And they're still today looking around thinking that Christ has come or some other person's come and think that that's Jesus come. Because Jesus was humble, they didn't want to receive Him. The Bible says that Jesus was meek and lowly. That doesn't mean He was uh, weak. Meek means power under control. It's, it's like a horse that's very powerful. But when you put the bridle on him and you put the saddle on him and you and you rein him in, you can hold him back and stop him from going wild and crazy and running full tilt. But he's got power. But it's under control. And that's what the Bible says. That meekness is power under control. And that's what Jesus was. Because Jesus could have wiped everybody out, right? The Bible says when He was on the cross, He could have called 12 legions of angels. That's 72,000. Now we sing the song and say He could have called 10,000 angels. But the Bible says He could have called 72,000 angels. He could have called more than that. And only one angel wiped out 185,000 people. You can imagine what, what 72,000 would do. But yet, He says, I've come... I didn't come trying to honor myself, but you won't receive me. But somebody else that comes and they're strutting around saying, look at me, you're going to honor them. Because guess what? That's what they like. That's who the Pharisees were. They, they were the elite of the elite. They were the legalists. They were always strutting around saying, look at me, look who I am. I tithe, I do this, I pray, I fast, blah, 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 blah. And they say, I thank God I'm not like other men. They said, I thank God I'm not a Gentile. I thank God I'm not a woman. That's the kind of people they were. They were hateful. And they tried to lift themselves up, but they were so nasty and mean and wicked that Jesus said, look, that isn't what pleases God. And then He says in verse 44, How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only for God? The only way to really truly be honored is, is to be honored by God. Because see, it's God that lifts people up. It's God that puts people down. The Bible says that, that, that the heart of the king is in God's hand. That He lifts people up and He puts people down. And, and He can put people anywhere He wants to. Yes, He allows some of these people to be in the places they're in. But they get their reward now and then one day... They won't get anything but hell. He says here, 
As he continues, he says, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Moses wrote about Jesus over and over and over again. And all the places that Moses wrote about Jesus, he was there in the Old Testament and they wouldn't listen. I mean, there's a spot where he talks about that that I will send another. Let me see. Here it is right here. I don't know if you want to turn over there, but in Acts chapter 3, verse 18 to 25, Peter's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 18, but in Acts chapter 3, verse 18 through 25, here's what Moses said, and it's quoted by Peter. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all prophets that the Christ would suffer, He has fulfilled. Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow as many as have spoken have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in you, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And to you first, having raised up his servant Jesus Christ, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you away from your iniquities. So basically what he says is he quotes, Peter quotes Moses, and he says that, that Jesus was foretold all the way through the Old Testament. And specifically, Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 18 that there's another prophet, greater me, that's going to come. He's the one who's going to cleanse your sins and, and heal you. And if you don't listen to him, you'll be utterly destroyed. In other words, you'll be sent to hell. The amazing thing is, is just like today, these folks honored Moses more than they did the Word of God. They honored Moses more than they did Jesus. They honored Moses more than many, many things because, see, we get enamored with people. We forget that people are just people. We're going to let each other down. I'm just a man. Y'all are just men and women. We're all human beings and None of us are perfect. And we're going to let each other down. But Jesus is God. He never lets us down. He's telling us here, He says in verse uh, back to 46, He says, For if you believe Moses, you believe Me, for He wrote about Me. But if you do not believe His writings, how will you believe My words? He says, How are you going to believe what I have to say if you won't believe Moses? See, it's so amazing to me how we can believe people knowing how people are, but we can't believe the Word of God. The Word of God 
is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says that it's profitable for doctrine. That means for what we believe. It's profitable for rebuke, telling us we messed up. For correction, it's telling us how to get right. And it's profitable for instruction in righteousness, telling us how to stay right. The Bible is good for everything. The Bible says that all these things were written for our instruction. And it tells us about Jesus all the way from the beginning to the end of this Bible. That there's one that was coming who was going to die on the cross for our sins. And He was going to die in our place. And that was the only way we're going to make it to heaven. And that's what this Bible says. But what do people do? They say, oh, well, if you go to church, you can get to heaven. These Pharisees said, oh, well, if you uh, do all these things and then you really know the Word of God, you can tell me how many words are on this page, how many characters are on this page, you can get to heaven. Some people say, well, if you get baptized, you can get to heaven. Well, if you take communion, you can get to heaven. But the Bible says, very simply, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That doesn't believe just mean, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But it means that you believe what the Bible says about Jesus. That He is God. That He always has been God. That He died on the cross for our sins. That He died in our place. And there's nothing we can do to earn it, to deserve it, to pay for it. But Jesus did it all. And if we don't believe that, we're not going to make it to heaven. It's just as simple as that. You know, it's amazing the Gospel is so simple. It is so simple that a child can understand it. That, oh, I'm sorry because I do things that are wrong and I need God to forgive me and please God come into my life and save me. But yet we complicate it so much because unfortunately we're like everybody else, like these Pharisees. We want people to think so much better of us than we really are. And deep down inside, we all know that that we have problems, that we mess up, that we're messed up a lot of times. We all do things that are wrong. None of us are perfect. And you know, God knows that. God loves us anyway. And He died on that cross for us because He knew that unless He did that, there's no way that we could do enough right to get to heaven. Because the Bible says to get to heaven, you have to be perfect. And the only way you can be perfect is by believing on Jesus. And when you believe on Jesus and ask Him to forgive you and save you, what He does is He takes His perfectness, His righteousness, His holiness, and He says, Marty, you don't have any of that, but because you believe that I I died in your place and died for your sins and there's no way you can get to heaven but by me, I'm going to put my holiness, my righteousness, my purity, and I'm going to put it over here in your account. Because you believed. It says Abraham believed and it was accounted. It was put in his account that he was made righteous by believing. That's what God had done through his son Jesus. And that's the way it works, right? I mean, when you got somebody that's poor and they can't make any money, they can't work and you put something in their account because they can't do it, right? That's what Jesus did for us. Because he said, whoever believes shall be saved. And he says, Marty... You're a poor, wretched, blind sinner. And you can't get there from here. You can't get to heaven from here. 
But because you believed, I'm going to put my holiness, my righteousness, my purity in your bank account. And when God looks down, He doesn't see Marty as a sinner anymore, but He sees Marty as a saint because Jesus put His holiness in my account. When He looks down, He sees Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' holiness, Jesus' purity. Because my sin has been covered because I ask God to forgive me and save me. And you know, that's the way it is, folks. But if we let our pride stand in the way, the number one most requested song at funerals is I Did It My Way. Did you know that? That is the number one most requested song at funerals. I Did It My Way. And if you do it your way, you're going to end up in hell. It's just unfortunately as simple as that. But if you do it God's way, then you'll end up in heaven because He loved us enough to die for us on the cross that we might have life and life abundant. Let's pray. Father, we love You, we thank You, and we praise You for who You are. And we ask today that You would uh, help anybody here today, if there's even one that has never trusted You today, to trust You, to quit relying on their pride and their whatever it is, and realize they would humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and and knowing that that when they humble themselves, the Bible says that we got to come to you. We have got to come to you like children, humble and believing and trusting, knowing that we can't do it on our own because a child knows that they're, they're helpless and they can't do things on their own, so they come to somebody else. And you said we need to be like that little child and humbly come to you and ask you to forgive us and ask you to save us. And I pray that one would do that today. If there's one that's not sure today that they would go to heaven. And Father, I pray today that you would help us to realize that that it's not about us, but it's about you. Because you are the one who deserves all the honor and the glory and the praise. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to go back and sing that song, Child of the King. Let's see, number 24. We're going to go back and sing number 24, Child of the King. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today you are considered to be a child of the King because God loves you and He died to save you from your sins. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to 
to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.